DJ and PK, Frank Dolce joins us. You an analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. How is everything? It is excellent, Frank. And you? Yes. Fantastic. Frank, Frank joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, a quarterback question for you. Zach yeah. Wilson. If he plays all four years at BYU, does he win a game and break this streak? <laughs> uh, I think Zach Wilson gives BYU as good of a chance of winning that game as, uh, as any quarterback they've had recently. But I think it's not necessarily a one-position group kind of game. I I think you'd have to go position group by position group and say who wins who wins that battle. Now, I think you could make a case at the quarterback position and say that, that BYU um, edges out Utah in, in that position group. So, so let's just say that. BYU wins the quarterback battle. Group by position group does does BYU beat Utah in the trenches? So offensive line, defensive line. I think Utah probably comes out on top in that battle. Does, you, does, does BYU beat Utah in the running back position? I, don't, I certainly don't think that's, that's the case. Defensive backfield, linebackers, uh, wide, wide receiver groups, special teams. I think that you could probably go through most of those groups outside of the outside of the quarterback position group and say with some confidence that Utah athletically has the advantage. So one position group, I think that, that Zach Wilson probably gives BYU as good a chance as anybody has in recent memory, but it's not a one-position group battle. Yeah, certainly not. It's a team battle. I'm interested in your level of confidence in the trenches because BYU returns most of their line on offense and Utah returns most of their line on defense. But yet it looked like in last year's game that BYU was able to move the ball fairly well, probably about as well as anybody moved it on those guys uh, last year. What gives you the level of confidence that, that this year would be a decided advantage towards Utah? Well, I don't know that it's for Utah in in the defensive line versus the offensive group with a bunch of guys for Utah coming back and significant depth at that position group coming back and now the ability to probably run in four, four guys at a time and swap out entire groups of defensive linemen. Um, and over the course of a game, I think that would probably be a clear advantage for for the youths. And that last year's game, I, I mean, I'm I'm going to get myself into trouble saying that Utah was overlooking an opponent with the championship game coming up, and I think that may have been a little bit of the of the case. And Utah kind of riding high on going into that game and feeling like it was that they were going to be able to manage. BYU a little bit better than they were. And then, and then Zach Wilson played a, an extremely good game. So lots of funny things happened last year. I think this is the right time for this matchup. And I, I think the athletic advantage at the, at the line of scrimmage 
the talent at the line of scrimmage is advantage Utah. I might, you know, on the other side, if you're looking at Utah's offensive line versus BYU's defensive line, I think there's probably, you could probably make the case that that's more of a an even battle, especially given the fact that Utah hasn't really named an offensive line yet. They're kind of hemming and hawing with that position group and saying, well, there's six or seven guys and it's a pretty good group, and but, but they haven't settled on, on those five yet. So is that because they you think you think the offensive line is flawed, or is that because Kyle Winningham's playing games leading up to the opener? Well, I, I don't think there's I don't I don't think he's playing games. <laughs> I I think it's funny when when people think that Kyle Coach Winningham plays games. He's pretty pretty he's a pretty straight up guy, and if he does play games, I think it's pretty it, it becomes fairly apparent that he's doing that. So. I just think he's undecided. He's clearly decided about his defensive line. And when he talks about his defensive line, you you have an, a real understanding about what he feels about that position group. And when he talks about his offensive line, there's a different tone. I think he's taking a different tone. I think that's evident. So I don't think there's any games being played. I think he's really trying to figure out, along with his coaching staff, what is the right mix of those five guys up front on the offensive side? Yeah, I'd agree with that about Kyle as far as being a straight shooter and not pulling punches when it comes to that stuff. Uh, I think he's proven that that's the case, and so I think he, your assessment of that situation is extremely accurate because he does pump up the defensive line because he knows they're completely set, and the offensive line is a little bit of a position in transition. As far as that goes, with that in mind, Zach Moss, you know, you talked about that running back, and obviously no one would argue who has the advantage in that in, in this particular game, and it's probably going to have the advantage in a lot of games going forward. That's how much I think of Zach, Zach Moss. Uh, with this offensive line being a little bit in flux, and I think at some point they'll get it together, I'm thinking a healthy Zach Moss, when we get to December and we look back, I'm thinking in the 1,500-yard range with this new offense, seems like he's going to get the ball a whole bunch what do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a very good number for him, very reachable number for him, based on what we think is going to happen with this offense, and 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 hopefully he stays healthy throughout the season. If he does, then then I think that's a very achievable type of number. And and Moss has worked behind offensive lines that have been a little tattered until you know, a third or a midway through the season during his career. I think that's nothing that he, he hasn't seen before. And and, I, and and the truth is, I think he's going to be, he's going to face that in the first several games this year. Of an offensive line that's still trying to figure out how to work together, an offensive line that's probably not going to be named until sometime next week, maybe even before the, the start of the first game. So, uh, I, I but, but his talent in his career, he's, he's been able to overcome that, and I don't see that changing at this point. Even even if you say, well, defenses are going to key on Zach Moss, that's always been the case. As long as he's been as long as he's been the featured back in this offense, the defenses have been designed and the strategy has been implemented to stop Zach Moss, and it hasn't always been successful. So Zach's a big name and a, and a star on this team. Who is a young guy on this team who's ready to 
to blow up, and his his name is going to be on all the fans' lips going forward here. A young guy on the team that's going to yep. that's going to blow up and and make a big name for himself. Well, I think the I think the hmm, that's a, that's a good question, but I think maybe in the running back group you're gonna you might possibly find that it's going to be difficult because <laughs> because Zach is going to be. Is going to be carrying the majority of the, is taking the majority of the reps. So, but I like the I like the new kid. They they keep saying that he's a young Zach Moss, and I, I think that's pretty pretty heavy thing to put on him. But but maybe maybe that running back group in kind of scrap time or or when when Zach Moss needs a little bit of a rest, then then that's where it comes from. Outside of that. Um, I don't know if I see a young guy on that team being able to break in and really make uh, a name for himself on this on this particular football team. I think there's pretty good upper class and leadership in every position. Yeah, this kid's going to start, so it's not like he's a, a dark horse. But I'm looking for a, if I choose one guy as a surprise breakout. I'm going with Devin Lloyd. I look at this kid, and he has got an oh. NFL body to me, man. He's got the best yeah. NFL body that I've seen of any of their linebackers that they've had in recent years. You know, I think that's I, – I think I might, uh, as I think about it now, I think that I might agree with you there. Is, is um, And especially since you take into consideration what a lot of people think is um, you know, one of the top five defensive lines in the nation. And if those guys are taking up everybody at the line of scrimmage and just allowing the deep, the, the, the linebacker group to roam around and, and make plays without being hindered by offensive linemen, then, then that could serve him, him extremely well. So, so I, yeah, I, I think I might, uh, I might lean on that as well. I think that's a good call. So we've seen predictions from the youth seas for the youth season that range all the way from Vegas establishing, you know, the over-under on wins at nine to the youths being the dark horse pick to go to the college football playoff. There's a wide range out there. Some of the bold predictions have them going Alamo or Holiday, but others Rose and Playoff. What do you think they're going to do? I, I think this team has all of the talent and all of the ability to to kind of reach those lofty goals. And it's certainly a group based on what we think is the, the Pac-12 South that, that, that has a, 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 well, a better than good chance of going through the South and, and coming out um, without a loss in the South. So I, I, I think that, I think that it's, possible to reach all of those goals but i i have to be honest as i as i look across this utah schedule um i'm not saying they can't go undefeated but i i still think there's i still look at this schedule and i think there's a couple losses in there somewhere and 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 also to be honest i don't know exactly where those losses are so i look across and i say okay you have Washington at Washington, you have USC at USC. Maybe those are like the most likely if there's going to be two losses. But I also say, well, Washington State is a difficult, is always a difficult matchup. I don't like that matchup. 
with Utah. And in fact, I might even say that between the Washington schools, I would give Washington State the edge if Utah's going to split those games. I think Washington and Utah's a better matchup for Utah than Washington State and Utah. So I, I don't know. And I even think that, that, you know, a team like in Arizona State gives Utah heartache. And, and so I, if I'm saying, well, between Arizona State and USC, I think that Utah had, in, in my mind, Utah's a better shot at going down and beating USC, even against the 100 years of not beating USC at home, and, and, and maybe taking a, a, you know, tanking one against, against Arizona State. So I, I don't know. I look across that schedule. I think all of those lofty goals are very possible, but I also would say I, I, it looks like there, there's a couple losses on that schedule as well. I don't know how it was in your day as far as quarterbacking, whether in your spring ball or in your training camp and preseason as far as getting hit, but certainly now, you know, you can't get anywhere near the quarterback. Everybody gets upset if you even get within spitting distance of him practically. But I'm wondering what is your concern for Wilson because he had this shoulder surgery, so he wasn't even out there participating. He did participate in most of the training camp, pronounces himself 100%, but people know everything about everybody and so you'd have to think that if an eye or Penasini, any of these guys get a free shot these linebackers francis bernard they know this kid has had this shoulder surgery for sure and i'm wondering does that pump up their adrenaline as they're just about ready to lay into them so how much do you how much concern as a former quarterback do you have about a quarterback i realize he wouldn't have been touched even if he was healthy but he hasn't been hit combined with the coming off the surgery? Well, I, yeah, I think that's a big, I think it's a big concern, um, especially in, in, a, in a rivalry game. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that, that Utah football players are, are going to specifically say, hey, we, we have to take out Zach Wilson. That being said, any clean shot that you have on a quarterback you're certainly you're certainly going to take that and and maybe have a little you know a little extra emphasis because the quarterback that position group is such a protected group so it's kind of like the it's the trophy on the field when you get a shot at that guy so but but you know first games and rivalry games are always always a little strange and i and i would say that both sides probably there's probably this you know this this added intensity in in the game but it's it's also a, a case where you know maybe 50 or 60 or 70 plays into a game that you're that's that's kind of the you're you're pretty tired i mean you're 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 you're, you're still trying to figure out how to be although you've gone through camp and you're in you know quote unquote game shape playing a football game is a different deal. And that's why you always have guys going out with cramps in first games and they can't figure it out and they're taking an extra rest here and there. So I think the physical toll that it takes on a person in that game, that may alleviate some of the added intensity about trying to take someone out at any particular point in that game. Frank, we appreciate a few minutes. Look forward to talking to you all season long. 
Well, absolutely. I can't wait. I guess we're going to get on the schedule here coming up on, on Monday, so I look forward to that. But, PK, I just want to, I just want to mention, I always, I always appreciate your analysis, but I'm, I'm a little perplexed by your thought that if BYU loses this first game, that that is disastrous for their season. I kind of take the... I kind of take the different approach, unless I've read you incorrectly. But I'm saying if they a long... go ahead, go ahead. Well, well I'm saying if they get smoked. This game. Yeah, I, I I hear you, but I still think a loss in in game one is is much more easy to overcome than saying BYU goes down four games to start the season. Then I think you're in real trouble. Oh, for sure, if you're on four, yeah. But I think if they get more. hammered. It's like, oh no, here we go again. Because I think they're they're still recovering from four and nine. I don't know. I, I I even think a game if you get hammered in this game, you just kind of think, well, throw that film out. That was an anomaly. Let's okay. you know, let's get going. But so I w- I would think it's an it, game one loss easier to me easier to overcome. If this game happened in game four and Utah came up on the schedule and it, and Utah was coming into this. Or BYU is coming into this, you know, maybe zero and three or one and two, and then they lose that game. I think it that becomes a disastrous scenario. Game one, I think it's much easier to overcome, and I think that on both both sides, if BYU wins this football game, um, it's it's much easier for Utah to overcome that throughout the rest of the se- the course of the season than it would be if Utah lost that game somewhere mid or late in the season. Well, I agree with you, Frank, oh. but then we'd both be wrong. Boom, there it is. <laughs> Saw that one all teed up. Oh, man. I walked into that unintentionally. All right, you guys are the best. All right, thanks, Frank. Thanks.